welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. titles for the leading up to prayer tonight. One of them is healing is rising. Because somebody's praying and somebody's believing. And the other title for tonight is let's spread healing. Let's spread it. Let's let's be very contagious with healing. And I'll show you a few things about that. So if you would please turn to Second Chronicles chapter 7. Do you realize you can never read a scripture too much and like touch bottom, wear it out? Oh, that's all I can get out of it? No. The Bible is alive. The Bible says the word of God is quick. That means it's alive and it's powerful. It's always just giving birth to new facets of revelation. And um, I know we go to this scripture a lot, but it's so pertinent to right now where our country and our world is. So Second Chronicles chapter 7, and I want you to notice verse, you know what, Just I did a little study again, and I'm going to show you something here. We're going to read another verse besides verse 14. In verse 13, God's actually talking to Solomon about the dedication of the temple they just built for the Lord and about this, the place, how holy it is and, and how if Solomon would walk in God's ways, he would be blessed and the land would be blessed. He's got, now, I'm going to read you the way the King James says this and then I'm going to read you the way the literal Hebrew says this verse. I'm going to read you the way the King James Bible says this verse and then we're going to read it the way the literal Hebrew. God said, if I shut up heaven that there be no rain... Or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send epidemics among my people. Now that's the way the King James says it. The original Hebrew, for some reason, the King James Version, back in the 1600s, for some reason, they didn't translate the permissive verbs in the Old Testament. They put everything in the causative. God caused this. God caused the evil. God sent the pestilence. There's a permissive verb in the original Hebrew all through the Old Testament. But if you just read the King James, you'll think God wanted certain bad things to happen. He commissioned certain bad things to happen. And he didn't. God is love. God and love works no ill to his neighbor. The original Hebrew uh, has the permissive verbs and it reads like this. If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, or he would, he, the original Hebrew says, if I permit the heaven, that there be no rain, or if I permit the command of the locust to devour the land, or if I permit epidemics among my people, he gives them a way out in the next verse. Do you realize God's not a bad guy? At times, he permits things. And you know why he has to permit things at times that he don't want? Because we permit them. We open the door to them. Are you following me? 
So when you read through the Old Testament, you see words like I create evil or um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to vex you with consumption and burning and inflammation and all this stuff. You need to understand the original Hebrew does not read like that. It reads, I will permit, I will allow these things to come upon you. And the only reason he does is because we allow them. If we're going to keep opening the door to stuff time and time again, you know, he may have to allow some of that. So we need to shut the door, right? Claim the blessings and healing power of God. But he said, if these things do happen, if, if, if these things, if the enemy finds access, if, if your sin opens the door to something as a nation, or if, if your wrongdoing, if your persistence in wrongdoing uh, allows pestilence or epidemics or things to come on, guess what God said? Next verse. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. So even if we open the door to some stuff that we don't want, even if as a nation we open the door to famines and earthquakes and uh, s somehow given the enemy access. You know, the Bible says, I think it's in the book of Ecclesiastes, it says, when the hedge is broken, the serpent will bite. And, you know, if people aren't cautious and they aren't serving the Lord, they can break the hedge where the serpent can find access and bite. And, I mean, th but there's an answer. There there's an answer. Even if that happens, there's an answer. What's the answer? Well, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. Isn't that nice of the Lord? Here we open the door to it. Right? Here somehow the enemy got access to it. And God said, if that happens, just check up on yourself. Are you humble? Are you praying? Are you seeking my face? Now, when he says that <clears throat> my, my people turn from their wicked ways, He's not talking about falling down and getting back up and repenting. He's talking about a lifestyle of wickedness. Ways. You see the word ways? Turn from their wicked ways. The book of 1 John talks a lot about, you know, he that practices sin is of the devil, or, or he that uh, sins is of the devil. And when you read that, it's talking about practicing sin. Somebody who says, I don't care what the Bible says, I'm going to practice sin. Well, if that's a person's attitude, you're yielding to wrong spirits. Because nobody who's, you know, who's right with God is going to want to live in sin when they know it's sin. But this scripture here is talking about wicked ways. And I'm just going to guess that there's nobody, you know, in the sound of my voice that is willingly practicing sin with a high hand. I guess if, if there is, it'd be a good time to repent. Say, Lord, forgive me, because we want healing in our land, right? Now, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you tonight that every Christian in this town has to do this verse in order for us to see this verse and this promise manifested in our valley. I don't, I don't think every... Now, if every believer did practice this verse, we'd see things quicker probably, go up quicker or whatever. But I believe this group of people right here and those watching online, I believe us right here can cause this to happen significantly in our valley starting tonight. What? He hears from heaven. He forgives our sin 
and he heals our land. Amen. Do you, do you remember Jesus said, um, whatever you, uh, he said, um, whosoever shall say a thing and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. You want to say a couple things with me tonight? Against disease? Say this with me. COVID is weak. Getting weaker. Dissolving. Leaving our valley. Those are good words. Jesus said, if you say a thing with your mouth and you believe in your heart that it shall come to pass, he said, you'll have whatever you say. It may not be immediately. This is not magic. It may not be immediately. You know, the more developed we're in this, the quicker I think we'll see results. But when you get a whole church saying and believing the same things, you can change a whole city if you stick with it. You know what I mean? You say some good things. Tomorrow you hear a bad report. But we say, nope, we've said some good things. That bad report's not going to move me. Uh-uh-uh. We know this is the will of God. And keep saying what he, he tells us to say, what his word gives us a right to say. So... Wicked ways. So he, I wanted to make that clear. He's talking about lifestyles of sin versus falling and getting back up. And, you know, we should do our best to not fall, especially on purpose. Right. But he's talking about ways here. I wanted you to see that because I think a lot of times people think well, I don't qualify for this because I'm still struggling with a habit. No, if you don't want to do it and you want to do right, then, then you're not involved in a wicked way. You're overcoming some sins of the flesh. You're overcoming some weaknesses in the flesh. And so I believe we can all qualify for this tonight. How many think we could all qualify for this? Humble ourselves, pray, seek his face, turn from our wicked ways. So even if there is any wicked ways going on, we could turn from them tonight. And God said, I'll hear from heaven, forgive your sin and heal your land. All right. So I want to take this promise to God in prayer tonight. And say, God, you said And then I want us all to expect healing to rise in our land tomorrow morning. Expect it. Tomorrow night. Expect it. Next week, we're still expecting. Even if we haven't seen a, uh, you know, a landslide of change yet, we're still expecting. We're still expecting. We'll hold fast our confession of faith without wavering. He's faithful that promised. Right? Lord, you said you'd heal our land. You said you, there's, there's a group of us, God. We're humbling ourselves. We're praying. We're seeking your face. We turn from our wicked ways. You promised to hear from heaven, forgive our sin, and heal our land. Huh? I tell you, it's time for the church to rise up yes. against some diseases yes, it is. and say, that's enough. That's right. Who do you, we are the church. Yes. The gates of hell shall not prevail against right. the church. That's right. That's right. We are the church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. All right. I think we need to pray for believers tonight to take healing to our valley. Because you do realize it's not just us praying and turning from our wicked ways and somehow God just personally starts bringing healing into our valley. There is, there, there is an anointing. All right. There's a healing anointing that can hover over our valley. But really... If God wants something done, what's he got to do? He's got to get somebody to cooperate with him so he can get done what he wants to get done in the earth. Yeah. See, prayer is not magic. God answering prayer is not magic. 
There's, it's, it's real. It's reality. So one of the things, one of the ways healing's going to come to our valley in a higher way, and one of the ways healing's going to rise in our valley is believers are going to start praying more for the sick in their daily walk. Are you following me? So do you realize when it comes to healing, seeing the level of healing rise in our valley, we can do so much more together than just relying on a leader or two in the church. Oh, call for the leader. Oh, call for the leader. How about we all just learn how to pray for the sick? Because you're going to meet people in your orbit of life. I'm going to meet people in my orbit of life. And we need to be ready to just say, hey, could I pray for you? I noticed you're, you know, not feeling real well. I noticed I heard you saying something to the coworker or what. Can I pray for you? How many of you can say those words? Can I pray for you? We're getting this down. We're getting this down. This is excellent. Um, I say, <clears throat> and this is one of the ways to see the level of healing rise. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for God's people to get a revelation that, hey, I can pray for the sick. I can, I can do it. Be on the lookout for a little bit more. How about we spread healing in our valley faster than disease spreads? How about we spread healing faster than disease spreads? We're the church. We're the offspring of God. We got the armor of God. We've got the word of God. We got the Holy Spirit. How about we spread healing faster than disease is trying to spread? And if we all do our part, oh, it could happen quick. Hmm? See, just being a little more on the lookout for people that might need prayer. People that are down, depressed, anxiety, fear. You're well able to pray a prayer. Let's let's say this here. How many tonight think you know how to offer prayer to the sick or the depressed? How many think you know how to offer prayer to the sick or the depressed? Okay, that's about a third of us. Um, So let's let's just do a little sample prayer here, okay? You see somebody in your neighborhood or you see somebody in the mall, you see somebody on your job or you see somebody in your church after service or before service. And you can tell that there's something in their life that's bothering them or that maybe they've mentioned something, a sickness or not feeling well or feeling depressed or have anxiety. Here's real simple. You ready? Just ask them if you can pray for them. Hey, do, you, do you mind if I pray for you? I, I, I believe in the power of prayer. And as you start saying a few words, the Holy Spirit's going to help you say the rest of the words. See, do you mind if I pray for you? Know, I'm a Christian. I've seen great results in my life in the area of prayer. Can I pray for you? Most people are going to say, sure. Then you might want to ask him and be led by the Spirit. You might want to ask him because there's a scripture that says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Jesus said that. You might want to say, do you mind if I just gently lay my hand on your shoulder while I'm praying for you? They probably say, no, go ahead. And you put your hand on their shoulder. Maybe your hand on, one hand on your other hand because it says hands. But I'm sure hand is fine too. And so I wrote down this sample prayer here. Something that it might sound like. Jesus, 
You said whatever I ask in your name, you would do it. I'm asking that this sickness leave this, leaves this person's body now. I stand with my friend against this disease in Jesus' name, and I command it to leave. Thank you, Jesus, for your love and your healing power, making everything right. Amen. You might want to go back in the archive and get that if you need that to prime you. But the Holy Spirit will help you as well. I mean, isn't that powerful? Let me just pray it one more time. <laughs> Jesus, you said that whatever we ask in your name, you would do it. John 14, 14. I'm asking that this sickness leaves this precious body, this person's body now. I stand with my friend against this disease in Jesus' name, and I command it to leave. Thank you, Jesus, for your love and your healing power, making everything right. Now, what if we all, and what if every Christian in the valley started being a little more aware of people that aren't feeling well or people that are down and depressed. Can you see just hundreds and maybe thousands of believers every day just being a little more on the lookout to minister healing to the sick? You talk about healing spreading faster than disease. Especially if you release faith with it. And you believe it worked. And you look them in the eye and say, I believe it worked. I believe. And, and put Jesus on the spot. Put his word on the spot. I believe you're going to feel better soon. Soon. You're going to start feeling. But you're, you're in the recovery process. Call me when you feel better. I want to rejoice with you. Now, you see what I'm saying? This, this is one of the things we need to pray for tonight. Is that we believers would see this and do this. Because we're talking about. Healing rising. We're talking about let's spread healing quick. Let's overtake disease. Let's suffocate it. Yes, yes, yes. It said believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It didn't say pastors shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It didn't say prophets shall lay hands on the sick. Teachers shall lay hands. It said believers. Now, they're a part of that because they're believers, but it's not limited to apostles or prophets or pastors or teachers. Believers shall lay hands on the sick. The Bible says in James chapter 5, pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Oh, do you see this, guys? Can you see how we can do a lot more together? It's time to, it's time to spread healing like wildfire. Say like wildfire. Another thing that we want to pray about tonight, if we want to see the level of healing rise in our land, if we want to see a healing spread like wildfire, is we need to pray for our civil leaders. I'm going to show you the connection. Why? What do you mean civil leaders? Well, tonight I felt impressed to pray for city, county, and state leaders. And not really go much farther than that tonight. Hopefully you all prayed for your president this morning and your vice president and legislative, executive, and judicial branches of the government because they need your help. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, turn to 1 Timothy 2. I want to say something I never said before that I can remember about praying for our leaders, our civil leaders, government leaders. 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4 We'll read this and I'll tell you what I got here. Paul said, by the Spirit of God, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, which are all forms of prayer, and giving of thanks be made for all men. And then he specifies one of the best ways to pray for all men is pray for the authorities because of their influence on all men. 
Pray for kings, presidents, prime ministers, chiefs of tribes, whatever, wherever you're from. Pray, first of all, for kings and all that are in authority. And it's interesting to me that when Paul wrote this, there was ungodly kings in authority. You don't pray for ungodly kings. They don't believe in God. You pray for them if they're your leaders, because if you don't pray for them, you're really going to have a mess on your hands. The only restraining power is us from going too crazy. But notice he says, pray for these kings, these presidents and all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Next verse. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. He likes this. Who will have all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. Do you realize God tells us right here to pray for our leaders? You got that? They need us praying for them in order to make proper decisions. Whoa. I said they need us praying for them so they can make proper decisions. If you knew how much demonic warfare was arrayed against the capital of the United States, Washington, D.C., state capitals all around the country, we'd be doing a little more praying for those people because of the warfare that's against them to twist, to hurt, to bind, to harm, to promote bad instead of good. And we're thinking it's the politicians that need to get their act together. <clears throat> Church needs to get its act together if it hasn't got its act together in this area because God wouldn't tell us to pray for our president if he could do everything he needed to do on his own. Are you following me? Good or bad. I mean, if our leaders could be good leaders on their own, why did God say pray for them? I'm going to say it again. If our leaders, our government leaders, could be good leaders on their own, why does God command us to pray for them? Oh, no, just, just vote the right person in office and everything will be great. No, it won't. Well, if the wrong person's in office, we're not going to pray for them. We're just going to wait for the next person. No. Every leader in government position needs our prayers to make the proper decisions that they need to make. There's too much pressure. There's too much coming against them to make decisions without our help. And if there's a not so good leader, how much more should we be praying? But the interesting thing has been when the, the, the so-called good leaders in office, the church prays a lot. When their choice of leader is not in office, they seem to back off. And it needs to be the opposite. If we prayed every day for our guy, are you praying every day for your guy because he's the guy in now? But then when the guy we don't want comes in, we pray less. That's, that's just not understanding these things. I'm going to say it again. These leaders, okay, I'm just going to say, President Joe Biden, Vice President Camille Harris, Governor Polis, others, they need us praying for them in order for them to make proper decisions. And if they're not making proper decisions, it's very immature to point at them like this if we're not praying for them. Very immature saying, I know I'm supposed to be praying for you to have you make proper decisions, but I ain't going to pray for you because I don't like you. But why aren't you making proper decisions? 
uh, newsflash, <laughs> what I just said. If our leaders could be good leaders on their own, why did God say to pray for them? I know I've said that three or four times, but it's really good. The Lord really blessed us with that. All right. One other thing before we start praying tonight is I want you to turn to John chapter 7. We need to release in prayer meetings like this more rivers of living water into our valley. Carla, do you remember that scripture in Keith Moore's 101 Things God Says to You Personally about healing about the waters, wherever the water comes and whatever the water touches shall be healed? I can't, I don't remember exactly where that's at either. But there's a scripture in the Bible. Just read it from beginning to end. You'll find it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or just go to concordance, look up waters, right? That'll save you a little time. Um, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, wherever the waters of God come, everything that those waters touch, even though it were dead, lives. And then it repeats it in the same verse, wherever the waters come sh shall live. Yeah. All right, keep that in mind. How many think some of that water could maybe flood into our valley a little bit more? All right, look at John chapter 7. And if you're there, go ahead and read it. No, I'm kidding. You don't know the verse yet. John chapter 7, in verse 37 through 39. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. By this, but this, talking about rivers of living water coming out of believers, this spake he of the Holy Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. He's talking about a believer being filled with the Holy Spirit and rivers of living water coming out of that believer to the world around us. And remember that scripture, wherever the river touches gets healed. Well, look at Isaiah 28. And as you're turning to Isaiah 28, I want to remind you, Paul referred to this scripture we're going to right now concerning speaking in tongues. Paul, in 1 Corinthians 14, if you read your chapter today, you read 1 Corinthians 14. And in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul is talking about speaking in tongues. He's talking about praying in tongues. And he says, just like in the law, it is written. So he refers to this scripture here in Isaiah, chapter 28, verse 11 and 12, referring to speaking in tongues in 1 Corinthians 14. So you'll see this here, little different words, but Isaiah 28, 11 and 12. God says, for with stammering lips and another tongue will God speak to this people. To whom he said, this is stammering lips and another tongue. This is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing yet they would not hear. And there's a lot of people close to the message of speaking in tongues, stammering lips, another tongue. Okay, so what we, we put the scriptures together. We can see right here that when a believer gets filled with the Holy Ghost and you know, starts praying in other tongues in their prayer time and they start speaking in other tongues to the Lord, it's called rest to the weary and refreshing 
to the parched. Did you know we can bring rivers of living water from heaven into this earth realm through praying in tongues? You know the cool thing about that? It's got to go through you to get to the world. <laughs> right? I mean, the, the same water that's blessing the valley is soaking the pipes too, right? So this is really important here because rivers of living water bring healing. We need every believer in this valley praying in tongues every day. You talk about spreading healing. We need every believer. And if we can't get every believer, let's get a chunk of them, starting with us. Why? Because we want living waters all over St. Mary's Hospital, community hospital, other places, right? We want rivers of living water touching them. This is the rest and the refreshing wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. For with stammering lips and another tongue, he said, I will speak unto this people. <clears throat> so for time's sake, just go to Romans 8. Romans chapter 8. And we'll just cap this part. Um, Romans 8, 26 through 28. Romans 8, 26 through 28. Is this my water? Thank you. All right, Paul by the Holy Spirit says, Likewise, the Spirit, Holy Spirit, also helps our infirmities. Infirmities is translated weaknesses. Okay, it's not, it's, this is not talking about necessarily sickness here, although the Holy Spirit will help people get out of sickness totally. But it's, it means both. But here he's talking about a weakness in our prayer life. Now, I want you to notice it didn't say the Holy Spirit becomes responsible for our prayer life. He helps us. Y'all following me here? Now, see, when you say help, you think, oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. I think a lot of people, if they were to interpret that properly, they'd be saying, oh, God, do it all for me. Oh, God, do it all for me. I want to sit on the couch and eat popcorn. Oh, God, do it all for me. Oh, God, do it. Help means assist. Take hold together with, against. Okay? I picture two guys in one of those big tree saws. Would you help me cut this tree down? Sure, get on the other end. No, I didn't want to do any work. I just want you to cut it down. Well, why didn't you say that? No, help means assist. And so the Holy Spirit wants to help us in our weaknesses to pray for things that we and other people need and underlying things that we didn't know needed to be addressed so we can get the victory and others can get the victory. Okay, the Spirit helps our weaknesses. Here's one of the weaknesses. You ready? He just listed the Holy Spirit helps our weakness. What's our weakness? We know not what we should pray for as we ought. We don't know the details. We don't know the underlying causes. We don't know the invisible reasons for problems. We don't know what led up to the issues that we're trying to pray to go away or to fix. But when you pray with the help of the Holy Spirit who knows everything, you get to those underlying issues. You know what I mean? You don't just chop it off at the top and it grows back next year. When we pray in tongues, we go beyond mental ability. 
we, the Holy Spirit starts helping us to pray for things we don't even know. We don't know what we should pray for as we ought. We might think we need to pray for that to turn to this. But the Holy Spirit said, there's a little more involved than that. There's a little more involved than it just going from this to this. There's some things that led up to that, that if they're not taken care of, it'll come back again. There's some things your brain doesn't know about. Well, Lord, we just want it to go from, from black to white. And God says, right, we all want that. But there's some things behind the scenes that they're not taken care of through praying in tongues, yielding to the Holy Spirit. You won't get it at the root. If you get it at all. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself, should say himself, makes intercession for us. Remember, he's helping us. He's not doing it all for us. He does this through us with groanings which cannot be uttered in inarticulate speech. And then he goes on and talks about, uh, well, go ahead and read the next two verses. And he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints, for believers, according to the will of God. See, when we're praying in other tongues, we're praying perfect prayers. Now, when we pray with our mind, we may not always be praying perfect prayers. Number one, we don't know everything. Now, if we know scriptures, we can pray scriptures, of course. But when we're praying in other tongues, the Holy Spirit's helping us to pray according to the will of God. And the next verse says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. So praying in tongues is a tremendous way to get the help of the Holy Spirit on the scene about issues, underlying issues. You know, like tonight, you say, well, well, we want healing to rise in our land. Great. But when we're praying in tongues, we're dealing with fine details of that working out. All right. See, the Lord knows how to eliminate COVID. He knows how. You know, I even think it wouldn't hurt just to say, Lord, you know, for those in the natural, for those in the natural realm, just... Just give somebody illumination to come up with a great whatever to take care of this thing. It's over. I mean, it could happen. There's, there's, God has put so much in the earth. There is natural remedies yet to be tapped into. Cures for cancer. Tumors. COVID. Are you listening? And I know there's already some out there. We need to pray that whatever the fine details are, keeping it from coming more to the forefront in every state, that those fine details are dealt with so it can come to every state. Right? Whether it's antibodies or, or whatever. Knowledge on this, knowledge on that. And sometimes you know, say, why aren't those things happening? Could be some fine details we don't know about, demonic hindrances that the Holy Ghost knows about. And if we'll pray in tongues long enough, we can see some of those things taken care of that we didn't even know were problems with our mind. We just wanted to go from COVID to no COVID. The Holy Spirit says there might be a few details we got to deal with before that can happen. Are you willing to pray in tongues? All right, so the final thing is... Um, I'm sensing in my heart. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, we'll get to that as we're praying, if I get to that. So we're going to pray tonight for these things. We're going to pray for believers to become more aware that they're around people that nobody else is around. They can pray just as well as the pastor can pray. Remember, remember that sample prayer? You know, can I pray for you? They go, sure. Do you mind if I just gently lay my hands on your shoulder and pray? 
Jesus, you said, whatever I ask in your name, you do it. Oh, thank you, Lord. And then just say, Lord, we pray that the healing power of God would manifest in their body and we glorify you for it in Jesus' name. You could pray a short prayer. Say, Jesus, make everything right in their body, we pray. In your name, amen. Now, what if we were all doing, what if all, every, how many Christians are in this valley, do you think? Just take a guess. 10,000? 20,000? What if every Christian started being more aware of, I can pray. I can believe. And when you're done, we expect. So we're going to pray for believers. We're going to pray for our civil leaders um, that they deal wisely and properly with uh, help in times of, you know, whatever you want to call it, epidemic, whatever. Because, you know, they can make decisions to help, but they can make decisions to not help. And don't just expect them to make decisions on their own. The Bible says they need our prayers to make better decisions. So, so let's pray. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray in tongues for a while tonight, for five or ten. We've got to quit at 8.15. Totally got to be done at 8.15. That gives us about 20 minutes. Um, but if you don't pray in tongues and you'd like to pray in tongues, I would suggest... Um, do we have any altar ministry workers here? I know you guys are. If you, if you are interested at all in praying in tongues, Kevin and Patsy are here and they can give you some free material in that area. And then whenever you're ready to be filled with the Holy Spirit, they'd be glad to pray with you and help you with that. Um, but when I'm praying in tongues, and I'm gonna, I want to take a little time with this because I want to make sure everything flows. I like praying in tongues a lot because there's a lot of details that need to be prayed out in some of these areas that my mind doesn't know about. Praying with my mind is good. Don't get me wrong. I like to say, Father, I pray healing rises in this land. Oh, we pray that every sick person gets healed in this land. Oh, strengthen the people and the believers. Help them to carry your healing power further than ever. Oh, Lord, we pray your will be done, which is healing and deliverance. Oh, Father, we claim victory. Oh, we rebuke the devil. We rebuke COVID-19. We say no to that junk in Jesus' name. That's praying with the understanding. And we can all do that, right? But I know a lot of us pray in tongues, so I'm going to pray in tongues. I'll pray with the understanding as well. I like to start with worship. So let's just, if you want to walk and pray, that's fine. Just reading yesterday how Elijah, before he raised that boy from the dead, he said he walked to and fro in the house praying. And then he went over there and laid on top of this kid and, and uh, got him healed. Rose up, flesh turned warm, rose, risen from the dead. So walking and praying is okay. You can stay seated. You can kneel. Come to the altar if you want. That's perfectly fine. But we're going to pray tonight and we're going to believe God that the level of healing is going to rise in our land. And we're going to keep praying on, on these nights and we're going to keep expecting and believing these things to happen in our land. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 